This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point. $4 billion. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Why is relating to deep mind where there's schools of babies? Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at SportingJournalRadio.com. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thank you for tuning in on this station right here on the Sporting Journal Radio Network or by downloading the podcast, by streaming it on demand on our website, or maybe you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Instagram, it could be. Make sure you smash that like button, as all the kids say. Follow us, like us. If you like what you're seeing, please share it with all your friends, family, and even people you don't like. That might help the relationship a little bit. Dan Amundsen is right over there. And we are at Lake of the Woods right now, River Bend Resort. Now we're up here uh, with the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders, or Aglow. And Mark Smith is joining us from Aglow right over there. Mark, how are you doing? If I was any better, there'd be three of me. Or I'd be in Edmonton, <laughs> one of the two. Hey, there you go. I like it. Uh, Joe Henry is next to him, and also uh, Savannah Stenlin. Savannah is next to Mark. And we're going to find out. We know who Joe is, of course, but we're going to find out what the rest of you guys do. But, Mark, let's just start with you. Just briefly tell our viewers slash listeners what a GLOW is. The GLOW is the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers. Um, our organization, I believe, is 68 years old this year, so we've been around for a little bit. Um, we kind of encompass a little more than the Great Lakes, though. I mean, our core, our, the heartbeat of our organization is really Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, if I look down our membership roster, I think that that really is where um, the biggest portion of our members, not only media members, but corporate and tourism members as well. But our membership does stretch from Alaska, Texas, um, all across the South, the East Coast. As a matter of fact, our president this year is uh, Ken Perot from Virginia. So, I mean, the organization is a little bit more than the Great Lakes, but been around a long time. Um, I think, as the name indicates, at one time, outdoor communicators were outdoor writers. You know, they, they wrote for um, hard copy, you know, print publications. And uh, as you know, because of what you do every day, uh, an outdoor communicator is much more. So between social media and blogs and podcasts and all that. So our membership represents all of that. And uh, these events that, uh, that we periodically do, like the one that we're here at Lake of the Woods for, are an opportunity for our members. And when I say our members, I mean our corporate members like St. Croix, like Al's Goldfish, like uh, Riverbend Resort, and our tourism members like uh, Lake of the Woods Tourism and Joe Henry and our media members can all come together. It's a great networking opportunity. It's a great opportunity to educate um, not only the media folks and the corporate folks, but their listeners, their viewers, their readers about whatever it is we're doing, whether it be uh, ice fishing on Lake of the Woods or, or whatever the, you know, the topic du jour happens to be. Well, things like this are great events because all those people that you just mentioned, when we do something like this and we all get together, it's mutually beneficial for everybody. 
because as communicators, we're always looking for interesting stories out there. As tourism people, you have interesting stories that you need to introduce to people. And when you do some of those interesting stories, sometimes you need some really cool gear. So it's a, it's a, it's a great event to bring us all under the under, under one roof or under one location like this to be able to uh, eat also eat some delicious fish at River Bend, of course. It, it works out great for everybody. And with St. Croix being here, Savannah, uh, how many times have you been up to have you been up to Lake of the Woods before? This is my first time. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> it's been a blast so far. Um, met my expectations and it actually went above and beyond. I, I've seen it so much on social media, people posting about it, seeing their catches, talking about River Riverbend Resort in particular, actually. Um, so getting to be up here and meet all these new faces, get out on the ice for the first time and not just get to watch it through a phone um, is pretty, pretty special to me, actually. Growing up in the outdoors, you know, being in northern Minnesota, Canada, northern Michigan, et cetera, you know, these are destination places for people to come and to be up here and be surrounded by these folks and get to give you guys a peek at what St. Croix Rods is all about. It's pretty special to me because I get to see your reactions, get to hear your feedback and see how St. Croix Rods can keep giving anglers the upper hand on the ice. Um, and we got to catch a ton of fish over the past couple of days and getting to harvest your catch and then have it fried and brought on onto a table for you is pretty special. Yeah, did you have some of that fish yet? Yes, it yeah. tastes amazing. It's very good. You can't beat it. Fresh fish coming right to the table. It's Heck something yeah. you can't beat. Now, Park Falls, Wisconsin, that's not that far from Lake of the Woods, Savannah. I'm just saying. No. How did, how did it take this long for you to get up here? Getting to work for St. Croix Rod Company. <laughs> yeah. uh, St. Croix Rod Company, how long have they been around? For over 70 years. Um, okay. They have been around and the family is still heavily involved with the company. Um, they still, you know, make decisions. They're not actually working there anymore, but they still have a say in a lot of what happens. Um, they knew it kind of came to a point where they've taken it as far as they could and knew that they needed to bring in some new mindsets, new people to keep that innovation in our rods moving forward throughout the industry. So we've been around for quite some time. Um, ice has always been in our DNA at St. Croix Rods. It wasn't a main focus of ours. Open water was a big thing for us, musky, walleye, panfish, etc. But we knew it was a market that we could come into um, and have a place there. So they've worked really hard over the past, you know, few years to really dial it up for anglers and, you know, being on the ice. So what they've done is they've kind of amped it up. And a lot, of our, our, a lot of our ice rods are driven by our angler feedback, even our open water rods. We have, you know, saltwater rods and fly rods as well. So we take a lot of our feedback and put that into our rods so that we are always giving anglers the upper hand. Well, I know when I hear the name St. Croix, I immediately think quality. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you right here. I, it's it's a true, true statement. And the other thing I think is great about it is they're, they're making stuff in the United States, right? They're making it right there in Park Falls? Absolutely, yep. So we make things up in Park Falls, so we call that St. Croix North, but we also have a St. Croix South. Um, and any rod that gets produced down there in St. Croix South gets shipped back up to Park Falls to be inspected. And just because our rods are made down in St. Croix South, doesn't make a difference from how we make them up in Park Falls. We have complete control over our manufacturing process, so nothing changes, and they all end up back in Park Falls to be inspected. Well, we got to try some of the Croy Custom Ice Rods. We got to fish some. I, I fished with a perch seeker, which was great because we were catching. Oh, yeah, look at that perch right there. <laughs> Caught that on that rod. That was a nice fish right there, and I felt it right. Like, we were catching sauger, which this was a great 
great rod, Joe, for fishing saugers up here in the winter and, and walleyes, of course. But it, but that perch hit it and just smashed it and almost pulled that rod right out of my hand. Like, oh, well, this is fun. Uh, so and you could feel it. And even with some of those smaller fish that we were catching, the nice thing about this rod, because this is a panfish rod, right? Crappies, bluegills, perch. Some of those reels, because some of those fish were biting so light, there was so much sensitivity that I could feel that all the way down through the rod. So it was. I didn't. So Dan wanted to fish with it too, and I didn't give it to him until like the last hour of the second day. Like, I'm like he ah, told me that he I'm was not. like, if he he'll ever give it up to me. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a fun rod to use, and yeah, like you said, we caught a pile of fish on it. Um, tell tell us about the ice rod lineup that Saint Croix has. Yeah, so we have a whole different range of ice rods. Uh, talking about CCI, um, that is really our higher end ice rod that we have out there. It's technique specific um, and is the first ice rod that we rolled, the blank is rolled. So um, not sure if many of you are familiar with how our manufacturing process works, but all of our rods start out with a mandrel um, and then they get rolled. And that Explain what a mandrel is, <laughs> if you can. It's it's a steel. I mean, Brian, can you explain a little bit? I don't. I mean, it's a steel. Well, people can Google it. How about yes. that? Everybody's got the Google, Google machine it. these days. Yeah, I'd say, or right. you can go online and watch a video about how they're made. Um, we have one out there, or come up to Park Falls and do a factory tour. Oh, nice. Um, you can get up there. We have two tours that run during the day. Schedule a time. Call the factory store, um, or call someone in our guide center. They'll get you hooked up with a tour. You get to see the process from start to finish, from the ground up. And that, Power rods are made. Yeah, and that allows you to make them in one piece, though, right? That's essentially what that does? Yep. All right. And, you, and, there's, and there's different pieces. You know, it could be, depending on the rod, they get cut into different pieces. Gotcha. The materials, the proprietary materials get cut up, and then they get rolled on um, with that mandrel, and then they get <laughs> go through the whole entire process. It could be, I could talk about it for two hours, because the tour takes about two, two and a half hours. All right, listeners, sit back, strap in. That's going to be a while. Uh, there's glass involved, too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, so our Tundra rods that came out this year, some of them are all carbon and then some of them are glass. So you can differentiate the two depending on the color of the rod. Um, you'll see one is just all straight one color, kind of a gray color with, um, has a blue thread on it. And then one is gray, but also has an orange tip at the top as well. And then back to the CCIs, the Croy Customized Rods, technique specific, five-year warranty, same with the Tundras, um, <clears throat> you know, you get them in your hands, you send in your information on the rod you bought, the guide center works with you, and if for some reason something happens, you're under the warranty program. Well, I wanna thank you again for letting us try those rods out. Um, I don't know what happened to them. They seem to be missing. The ones he let us borrow, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, they must have fallen down the hole. They must have fell down the hole. Yeah, like I, I said, your dogs broke. must have chewed them up. Something yeah. happened. All right, where do we find St. Croix online, uh, social media and all that good stuff? Yep, stcroixrods.com. You can go online, um, order right there, direct you know, direct to Angler, purchase through there, purchase through our retailers that we're at. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube as well. All right, very good. Thank Saint you very Croix much. Rods. And Mark, real quick, where do we find a glow on? Online. Glowoutdoors.com. There we go. 
plain and simple. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we got more to come from Riverbend Resort here on the Rain River at Lake of the Woods. We're going to find out a little bit more. 70 years for St. Croix and 70 years for Al's Goldfish. We're going to talk to those guys and uh, talk to Riverbend too. find out a little bit more about what's going on. And we'll tell you what we were catching our fish on at Lake of the Woods in just a little bit. Come ice fish the famous waters of Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, the walleye capital of the world. Experience full service resorts featuring heated fish houses, ice transportation, meal plans, and sleeper house options. From the Northwest Angle to the South Shore, Rainy River and Baudette, the Midwest's number one ice fishing destination. Walleye, Sauger, Perch, and Northern Pike, Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, best fishing anywhere. For more information, log on to lakeofthewoodsmn.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are at Riverbend Resort up at Lake of the Woods right now. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thank you for tuning in on this station right here by downloading the podcast or subscribing or streaming it or watching this on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're doing that. Thank you very much. If you like it, share it with your friends. Please like and follow us as well. And don't forget to check out our store at sportingjournalradio.com. You can get these really nifty hats. You can get these I fish and always will hoodies as well there to check them out at sportingjournal.com. Radio.com. Now, um, gold is the color at Lake of the Woods. You can fish, as Dan said in the last episode of Prairie Sportsman, you can fish any color in Lake of the Woods as long as it's gold. But as we're finding out, you can fish with real gold, and that's from Al's, uh, Al's Goldfish Lure Company. And we're going to talk uh, to some representatives of Al's right now. Thank you for coming on the show right now. Um, uh, Karen, let's start with you real quick. Tell us because uh, you because you brought us you brought I'm assuming you guys you kind of brought us up here right you brought Al's yes. up here all right uh, tell us who you are and what you do I um, I handle the public relations for Al's goldfish and um, I have a public relations company so we kind of put this together with um, the lodge and with st. Croix and wanted to bring a bunch of meaty people up here and this is the perfect place yeah. for ice fishing. Perfect place for ice fishing and perfect place for gold. For gold, yeah. yes. And the gold performed. <laughs> the gold performed really well. So we were fishing we were fishing the first day, it was Dan and I, and we were, we were trying out some lures, we were getting cameras set up, and we were, we were fishing, but we were kind of working a little bit, and that's ah, kind of slow. We were marking fish, but they were real, Real tentative, real passive. Karen, he's like, hey, Karen walks in the door. Hey, I'm going to fish with you guys today. Before we could even say welcome to the house, she had a fish hooked up. Like immediately walks in, drops a hook down, catches a fish. What did you catch that on? I caught that on the 49er. The 49er. A pink 49er. It was a glow 49er. And um, it's one of the ice fishing um, popular ones. Um, they glow. But any 49er was working. Yeah. Actually, any of the house, <laughs> All the house stuff worked. All of them were working. <laughs> Everybody was winning with the Al's Goldfish. So full disclosure, like I, we're at Lake of the Woods. I brought my Lake of the Woods tackle up here. I brought a bunch of different things that I've caught fish on up here with. I'm like, I'll try Al's. We want to get some fish on camera. So I'm just going to bring everything just, just in case. If fishing is slow, I'm going to, I'm going to tie on something else. I, I, I tried on the, uh, I tied on the original Goldfish, caught fish on that. I switched to the 49er. I didn't take it off. Like I fished with it the entire the entire two days and caught caught piles and piles of fish so on. So we had it. people using the Helgi, using the gold. The Helgi worked too, yeah. Yes, I mean in every color, it didn't matter. 
I mean, they were all working. All right, so you introduce yourself and tell us what you do. I'm Tom Peterson. I'm a sales rep in the mid, mid, Midwest area. All right, and you you have been coming to Lake of the Woods for a while, right? I grew up in Minnesota. I yeah. live in St. Paul. My family family comes up here, and I've been fishing Lake of the Woods since since I was a child. Um, when did you learn about owls, and when did you put the the like two and two? When did the light bulb go off like gold on well, Lake of the this Woods? This is going to be a funny story because it's been published before. All right, um, I was actually looking for a promo lure for a group that I go to Canada with and at the time they sent me a couple of original Al's goldfish and I went out and this is springtime in Ontario and I said I'll try these things never seen them before we're gonna try this lure out and I I'm not lying 20 minutes later I had a 42 inch muskie on the original Al's goldfish 42 inch 42 inch muskie on the original Al's goldfish half ounce goldfish at, All right. that, at that time, I looked at it, and this is another, another little funny thing, right? Because I smoke cigars, so I had to have a cigar, right? And I had a cigar in my mouth at the time when I hooked said fish, and I put the cigar down. And in the meantime of catching said fish, I ran around the boat a half a dozen times <laughs> and stepped on said cigar. Ouch. So I caught said fish, took pictures. They're on, they're on Al's Goldfish. Uh, .com's site and I lit up another victory cigar and it was it went around a corner 10 minutes later and caught a 38 guess what happened you stepped on the cigar I went around the boat a half a dozen <laughs> times and stepped on my victory cigar <laughs> that's funny and that's how I got in with with Al's goldfish okay and and uh You've probably figured out that that would be a great lure to use here. When did, did you know that there was real gold on those? I did not at that time, no. Did you, like, I, you, you hear about it, and when you first hear about it, you know, you think, well, it's, yeah, there's gold on there. It's kind of a gimmicky thing, whatever. No, when you look at that hook, like, the, the shine, the flash, the reflection on it, it's, it's, I've never seen anything like it, really. Correct. Yeah, and, and in fact, when we were at the ice show a couple of years ago in St. Paul, we actually built some items with the 3 ounce goldfish with hooks to give to the brides. <laughs> well, it was fitting since it was Valentine's Day exactly. while we were up here. That's great. And uh, I also made so many jokes about pawning all these lures off after we got done fishing. Like, <laughs> they're made of gold. I'm just going to take them straight to the pawn shop. They're, they're not that expensive. Like, you'd think something that's plated in 22 karat gold, you'd think that that would be kind of an expensive lure, especially as fishing lures get more and more expensive these days. Correct. It's not that bad. They're all under 10 bucks. Yeah. So the pawn, the guy at the pawn shop, he could get, make a living. He's, he's not, probably not going to give me a lot of money. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, so seventy years. Just real briefly, talk about um, you know where Al's is from, whichever one of you guys wants to tell that story. Okay, well, Al's was started back in the fifties, and I'll be as brief as I can. Um, Al Al Stewart, Stewart started the company back in the fifties. His daughter took it over in the eighties and uh, started a promo section, which I, I kind of got, got in with Al's in the original part. And then in the, in the uh, 90s, it kind of went downhill a little bit. You know, it's still a cult classic in, in the Northeast, 
really hadn't made its way here in the into the Midwest in a big way since the 50s. And then in the in the in the early 2000s, it was brought back in, and that's when we started plating in gold, in 22 karat gold. And we're also nickel plated, copper plated, all brass lures, all made in the United States. Everything is oh, plated in New England. It's so. It's did you guys plan this? Seventy years for St. Croix, seventy years for Al's, both made in the United States. Was this? I mean, obviously they go well together, it? but that's uh, it's perfect. Um, so, and then roughly three years ago, Mandy and Jeff Deboyne bought the company and were really making a push into the Midwest, into the ice uh, fishing arena. We had the ice jigs before, really weren't pushed because in New England where they were primarily sold at that time, ice fishing is only a one month season. It's just not a big thing you can do for as long as we can here in the Midwest, in the upper Midwest. Yeah, it's like 12 months season here. Uh, pretty mean, close. Right. Well, if you, ask me, if, you ask, if you ask Karen, it's 12 months up here. Yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, it's totally 12 months up here because I'm from South Texas and it's cold up here all the time. <laughs> well, come back in July. All right. <laughs> yeah, when the mosquitoes are big as butterflies. Yeah, no, it may not be frozen 12 months out of the year, but I feel like the ice fishing industry is is just about year round, really. That's how big it is. Or right. fishing in general. Uh, is is uh, You talk about pushing the ice fishing jigs what what's like the total lineup for owls like what all do they offer they offer well pretty much everything you guys have there's two microphones there oh. by the way you guys can offer everything um i mean from saltwater fishing to freshwater to trout i mean we've got ice you know the ice fishing so they offer everything you know we've got something for your entire fishing career so whatever you need for fishing we've got it and it will catch your fish well we caught uh walleyes saugers everything per, uh, perch tulabies tulabies and did that crappie do we know what that what they caught that crappie she caught that on a, on a on an fish. so there you go there was a crappie there was pike you know we we got it all pretty much today. Well, it's uh, it was fun. I'm glad we got to try it out because obviously it was successful for us, and uh, they're very interesting. And that that gold uh, is is just it's it just has a different look to it. I think in the water, and it's they're made in the U.S. And they're and it's yeah. really interesting the way they flutter in the water. Right. When we looked at the Al's goldfish, if you jig that guy, it would come up and then it flutters down. If you fish the 49er, it darts out. Well, that shape of that 49er, I think, is what makes it so successful. It is. It and the is. other interesting thing about it, when you were describing it to us the first night, you know, I think in Minnesota, the majority of us, if we're using any kind of uh, ice jig, a lot of times we're just throwing a minnow head on our jig. And you said, no, don't do that. Yeah, I said, use a minnow tail. Tail. Because the dart out and you want to, don't want to impede that action. With the minnow head, we found looking at the cameras that that stopped the action. However, 
I stand. Yeah, I stand. We, we, I stand, stand corrected. corrected today. <laughs> There's no rules. There, there was no rules yeah. because we we saw minnows hooked through the nose on the on the 49er. We saw them hooked through the tail, and sometimes two minnows on Double there. Double minnows. Oh boy. And, and they were all catching fish. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. That's the beauty of Lake of the Woods. Sometimes too, I think those sometimes there's so many fish and they get so hungry down there. You can catch them uh, a lot of different ways, and it was fun to try those out. So Tom and Karen, thank you very much for the time today on the show and uh, where can we find Al's online? Al'sGoldfish.com. Al'sGoldfish.com. All right, very good. For those of you listening to the radio show right now, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week at this time on this station. For those of you listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, we've got more to come from Riverbend Resort here at Lake of the Woods uh, with the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. We'll be right back. Looking for winter adventure? Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes. Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. We are at Lake of the Woods, ladies and gentlemen, at Riverbend Resort right now. I'm Brett Amundsen. That's Dan Amundsen right over there. Thank you for tuning in on, well, no, it's, this is podcast only now. We can say whatever we want. We are at the, uh, we won't though. We'll keep it family friendly most of the time anyway. Our names are covering up each other right there. Did you know, this? you had one job. Fire him. One job. <laughs> Candy's family. I don't pay him. So, I can't fire him. All right, we caught a ton of fish up here the last couple of days at Lake of the Woods. We were using St. Croix rods. We were using Al's Goldfish lures. We were eating fish. We were having a great time. And we were doing, we we're doing it right now here in the bar at, uh, at Riverbend. So, we got the guys from Riverbend and, of course, Joe Henry over there from Lake of the Woods Tourism. And, Joe, I just want to start with you real quick because uh, I want to talk, you know, we normally talk fishing reports here so I want to just get a quick fishing report from you obviously we've been talking about it a little bit but a quick fishing report and then I want to talk a little bit about Lake of the Woods because we've got some people that haven't been here before and I love having the conversation about the day bite at Lake of the Woods because anybody that fishes or walleye fishes in particular you think you got to be out there early you think you got to be out there at sundown it's not the case up here no it's not well and you know we uh, we experienced you know two days of, of good day fishing up on Lake of the Woods. You know, it's February and uh, auction levels are a little lower. It's dark under there. We got a few feet of snow on top of a few feet of ice. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a time of the year where you got to fish every fish. So it really helps to have electronics. You can see the fish coming through. You can see where in the water column. You can see how they're reacting to your action, to your colors. And you know, it, it, again, fish every single fish. One of the things I noticed, Brett, is that we had a lot of fish coming through. And when I would raise my dead stick, and of course a dead stick, you know, in Minnesota, you get two lines. So normally, the, the go-to is a one-two punch. You jib one line and dead stick the second with a live minnow. Can I just interrupt you for one second? That microphone is having some issues. Uh, can you just grab that other microphone and use that one, please? Let's start over. Thank you, sir. Sure. Dan's yep. just going to take that one away. I think Karen broke it or something. I don't Karen's, oh, I can't. She's not even in here anymore. I can't, I can't make jokes if she's not even in here anymore. All right. Thank you, Joe. So you have a dead stick. So when you raise that dead stick. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got that one-two punch and you're jigging one line and dead stick in the second line with a live minnow. And one of the things we noticed is that when there's a lot of fish on the bottom and they just weren't taking your dead stick, I noticed if I raised my dead stick up to about three feet off the bottom, every once in a while, there'd be a fish. It just couldn't handle that minnow being up in the water column and it would slide up and normally 
only way to get that fish rising off the bottom, there's a real good chance that fish is going to eat. And, and that happened more often than not with that dead stick. And of course, jigging. I mean, shoot, we had a chance to use St. Croix rods jigging. That was freaking cool. You know, you can tell a good rod because when you put that in your hand, it just feels good. It just yeah. feels good fishing with it. So we caught a pile of fish using this stuff. I think we you cleaned a uh, hundred some fish or something uh, from our group. I mean, just piles of fish. We threw a ton back. Um, and we also... I think, heard- I think Alex cleaned a hundred <laughs> something from our group. <laughs> That's very true. Um, thank you very much, by the way. We we also heard reports of some real big fish getting caught out there and some other great fishing reports, too. There are, yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting our small fish, we're getting our eaters, and there have been some monster pike and some monster walleyes being caught. You know, people catch a monster pike as a rule, they're fishing for monster pike. They're using big sucker minnows, and they're going into about 15 feet of water in different areas across the south shore of Lake of the Woods. And uh, you know, not only are they getting some big pike bread, they're also whacking some big walleyes, uh, which to, to many is a big surprise, but they're getting those big walleyes on sucker minnows, and they're getting them in shallow water, and some of them they're even getting at night. Really? Yep. Wait a minute. No, you don't catch walleyes at night here. Like the you know, I'll tell you, when you're, when you're talking uh, big walleyes uh, eating big sucker minnows, uh, I'll tell you, it, it's amazing. Uh, talking to these guys that are targeting these fish, they, uh, they are absolutely getting some big walleyes at night. And you know what? It's not an all-the-time thing, but yeah. you know what? We know that people that stay in sleepers, hey, they have the lines they down. They catch fish, yeah. And every once in a while, they get them. Yeah. tell you what. It seems like the, the activity when it's dark out actually picks up in the month, month of March. It just seems like those fish are getting more active, and uh, it's a good time to catch them. You know, and then just as a rule, obviously there are no rules when it comes to wild wild critters. And if you're going to catch big fish at, at odd times or at any time, really, this is a, you go to a place that's got the big fish, right, Joe? If you want to catch big fish, you go to, you go to well, the, that, well, no, yeah. So what, what, what it is, what do you is say? I'd always kill my kid, my buddies, you know, and yeah. I tell them, Hey, you know what the secret of catching big walleyes is? fish in a lake that has a whole bunch of big walleyes. Yeah, go where the big fish are. Yeah, that's right. That's, of course, uh, Lake of the Woods. And Alex, I'm sorry, Alex, what's your last name again? Alex Peterson. Alex Peterson. All right. So, Alex, you, you were mentioning something to us right away when you came in that first morning when we were out there and we were working some fish up and down. They, they hadn't really turned on much yet. They were still kind of being finicky. And you, you know, everybody's got their jigging cadence that they go, their go-to cadence. Yep. But realistically, you have to work every fish as its own fish. They kind of, you know, depending on a number of factors, the bite can be off a little bit or they can be real aggressive. Sometimes you don't need to do anything. Sometimes it's a dead stick bite, as Joe always likes to talk about. But one thing, and I think subconsciously I do this anyway, but you brought it up as a tip for us. And then it made me like every time I couldn't get a fish to, 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 to work with my usual go-to cadence, I did what you were, what you had mentioned. And I, and I, I kind of think I do it all the time, but I'm going to give you credit for this because I did it for sure because you said to do this and that was a big sweeping jig just to trigger, you know, either trigger a reaction or trigger just something different and get them to chase. And boy, I did that a lot. I throw that out like, like every once an hour or something like that. If I got a real finicky fish that would kind of, kind of chase, maybe come up a little bit, but really wouldn't do it. I give them a big sweep where I come up three, four feet and then let it flutter down. And also you'd see that, that you see that mark start to start to pop up as it was fluttering down. And sometimes, some, sometimes you get them, sometimes you wouldn't, but I caught a lot of fish with that, throwing that in there. Exactly. So the way, the way it works is if you have a fish coming in and you're working that fish and that fish isn't changing its patterns at all, it's doing the same thing. You have that fish down there for five, 10 minutes and 
nothing's happened. It's not triggering it. You got to try something different. Mm -hmm. So the big thing to do is you want to be flashy. So you give that rod a big hard jerk, not a soft one. You want to give that rod a big hard jerk. Make that lure work like it's supposed to. These owls, goldfish, and these these 49ers are designed to work a certain way. That 49er shoots off to the side when you bring it up, and it flutters back down. That's something different for that fish. You're gonna you're gonna trigger that fish to bite. Not all the time, but a lot of the time you will trigger it to bite. And try that a few times. If that doesn't work, try something else. A lot of a lot of these fish out here, when you're fishing in 32, 33 feet of water, you can actually raise them up. And I think uh, yesterday I, I caught a fish that uh, started at, right at the bottom and I kept working it up and working it up. And as long as that fish keeps coming up, it's still interested in it. So keep bringing it up. If it doesn't bite, bring it up. I worked that fish up to uh, almost 15 feet of water before it bit. <laughs> and it actually bit, I caught it. It was a nice fish. No, so, you do wow. that because I always, I, I run a scrolling chart and then I run zoomed in and down in the bottom, six, five, six, seven feet, whatever it yep. ends up being. But so a lot of times if I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm like, he goes right off my, my vertical, you know, graph or locator, whatever. Uh, so sometimes I'm just kind of feeling and waiting for him to hit it at that point. Are you running a, a zoom and a full? Yep. Full so I'm running, I'm running the six foot zoom. I have a um, Vexlar FL28 that I use. So I'm zoomed in on the bottom six feet. And then on the other side, I have the whole water column. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people think that once they raise it past that six feet, the fish aren't going to bite. Keep raising it up. If that fish keeps following it up, keep raising it up. Eventually, that fish is going to bite. We've caught some really big fish where they'll come up almost all the way to the top. I've caught them four or five feet below the ice. Wow. And then they'll hit. And you don't know what it is until you, you work it. So there's you got to try everything in your, your book of tricks. Well, we, I always uh, compare it to, you know, we've done some waterfall guiding and people will say, well, when you, when a flock of geese come in, what do you, what do you call, what note do you use? I'm like, well, I start with this one <laughs> and if they don't react, I go to this one. And if they don't react, I go to this one. Sometimes I go back to that one and it's, you have to read those birds as they're coming in and it's no different with that fish. You have to read how that fish is reacting to what you're doing. Yep, exactly. The best advice I can give anybody is when you come up here to fish, there's always the tried and true methods. You fish close to the bottom. You're using gold, pink, chartreuse. That's where you're going to catch most of the fish. But don't be afraid to think outside the box. Jerk that, that line really hard. Reel up real fast. If Maybe bring it up slow. See what that fish wants. you got to think outside the box to trigger that fish to bite. You can put more fish on the ice if you do that. Now, Alex, you, where are you from and where do you spend most... <laughs> Where, where are you from and where have you decided to spend all your time fishing? So I live uh, two hours south of here in Bemidji and I actually live on a lake in Bemidji in the Bemidji area and it's a really, really good walleye fishery. But I've lived on this lake for six years and I choose to fish up here. Yeah. That that lake is, is known in the area to be a really good walleye lake and since I've lived there, I've only fished that lake twice. <laughs> I come six up here, years. I, I fished that lake more than you. Yep. I don't even live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really good fishery. There's, it is. But That's great. like Joe said, 
If you want to catch big fish, you yeah. need to be fishing in a body of water where there is big fish. Lake of the Woods, hands down, has the best walleye fishery around. And you are our guide here at Riverbend. Thank you very much. You were very helpful. I appreciate you cleaning those uh, fish. I'm just cleaning geese. I got geese on the brain all of a sudden for some reason. Paul, maybe that's because uh, some of my favorite memories from being up here have been the, those goose hunts we did up here a couple of years ago where we just smashed uh, a, a billion geese, uh, with, which was an amazing time. But I want to talk fishing, and I want to talk about ice fishing and maybe even this year in particular because ice fishing up here, like, we get to come up here and enjoy it. It, it's a lot of fun. We get to kick back and relax. Alex cleans all our fish. You know, we go to the bar, we grab a beverage, whatever. There's a lot that goes into it, right? And how has the lake been this year? Ice conditions, snow. There's a lot of snow out on that lake right now. This year we are getting a lot of, of snow. Um, we had some winds when the lake was starting to freeze earlier in the season. So we got some rough ice out there. We've had some really cold temperatures this season. Uh, so we got good thick ice out there. So this year's been really taxing on equipment. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of work to drill through thick ice. It's a lot of snow to move. Um, when you get back-to-back -back storms like we had last week, it takes time to, to get all that inventory out of them snow banks and get them back you know into some good clean lanes that we can get people people to and get fishing again so the guides uh you know they they are phenomenal they do a great job out there they're, they're working hard behind the scenes and you know for the most part everyone kind of understands that when they're up up here they're working that they understand it. there's a lot that goes into it you know and and we try to make it to where that is unseen because it's just part of the process when you come up and you stay with us you, you're on vacation and, yeah. and we want to make sure that you're seeing the vacation side of it the fun side um, and the guides you know they, they, they stop it and they check on it and they let you know what, what conditions have been and, and that all falls into the bite you know like Joe had mentioned snow cover uh, ice thickness the, the oxygen levels you know all that each year plays a factor into what the bite and what the lake produces. And Dan's showing a drone video from over one of your houses right now. You can see just how high the snow is banked around in the roads that you had, had to plow. And when we were driving through some of those plowed roads getting on and off the lake, I mean, some of the, the I mean, you, you can't see over the snow next to the vehicle that you're driving out on. Like there's, there's a good chunk of snow out there. And it was, I think when, when we woke up, what day is it today? Let's see. So the first day, Monday morning, I think it was 20 below zero, I think, when, when I got up and watched the sunrise over the rainy river there, which is a sight that never gets old for me. You got everybody, you know, Dan's like, we should we should get some pictures of that. I'm like, Dan, I have a billion pictures of the sunrise coming up. Can't have too many pictures. No, no. Take you, one more. You it's definitely okay. can. And I did. We don't, we don't charge extra for those. I, I absolutely did. But it was 20 below zero, and I don't care what you're doing when it's that cold and you're doing something, moving snow or drilling ice or just being out in those conditions, things break. Like, I don't think people realize just how hard that kind of weather is on any type of gear out there. Well, we got skid steers out there, you know. That's just First of all, help, that's crazy. Skidder out on the ice. To get those snow banks, you know, Man. chiseled down enough to where the snow plows can push them out. And yeah, it's, it's really taxing on equipment. We we were down to third string plow for a little bit this last week, and now we're starting to get stuff back and, and back into the full swing of things and, and still digging out from, from this last week. A couple oh. houses left, but yeah, those snow banks are high, they're hard, they're packed, it's cold. I mean, there's a lot of elements that we fight against to, to get you out fishing. We passed a lot of houses that the drifts were way up along the side of those houses. There's, there's people that are not going to get to those houses for a while uh, who 
whoever I don't know who's there pub, just private houses or whatever they were it's uh it's tough and that's I mean Joe that's one thing you always when when you when we're on when you're on the show all the time and I'm sure you get asked this question oh you're just pushing the the resorts and the guides because that's your job you know it's tourism you got to push the business there no it it makes sense to go through people that know what they're doing out here Absolutely. I mean, you know, you you take a look at what it's like out there. Yeah, there, there's no way you could operate on your own. You, you, number one, you couldn't plow it. Yeah. You know, if you have a snowmobile, you know, a person could take a snowmobile in a collapsible and, and go up the trail, a snowmobile trail that goes up to the northwest angle and fish off that snowmobile trail. But, you know, most people aren't going to have a snowmobile and, and collapsible and go hardcore, especially with the kind of weather we've had. So now you rely on the resorts. And, you know, when it's all said and done, our resorts and outfitters, they, they work their tails off to yeah. take away the hard work so that we can enjoy it and I'll tell you there's a lot we take for granted you know you don't you don't think about when they're plowing roads you don't think about the labor the gas the broken plows the fuel pumps um <laughs> you know i we, we saw a big truck being towed in today yeah off yeah. the ice on the way out and i, I said to the, the guys i was with i said man is that a $3,000 bill? Is it a $5,000 bill? Mm-hmm. You know, that that all goes into the cost of maintaining and keeping an ice road open. And you notice when we went on that ice road, that ice road was real wide, wasn't it? Yeah. Wide road, nice and cleared. Yep. But you always saw people plowing. You notice how when you look across the horizon, you'd see snow spraying up 10 <laughs> yeah, feet? We saw Hope that there's the first a plow day. over there. Hope there's a plow We're over there. We're trying to figure out know? what it was. Yeah, it was a plow going by. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, that that's part of it. And uh, again, it's... Uh, the, the resorts have made it because they take the work out of it. They've made it so that just about anybody can go ice fishing. And I'll tell you the other thing too is that you know you think about waking up in the morning like we did today. You wake up in a cold morning. You come together. You're all excited to go fishing for the day. We had a good hot cup of coffee here at the resort. Had a nice breakfast. What do we do? We step into our heated vehicles. We got a nice road map. Go 5.5 miles past Pine Island. Make a right turn, and they got a whole map with all the different houses. We're going to this house. We go out to the road. Oh, it should be right here. There it is. What do we do? We step out of our truck for about five steps, walk into 72 degree comfort. Yeah. Now that's roughing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, no. We, uh, How many we, people are overdressed the first day in the house? Yeah. You know, it's oh, funny because everybody comes up here and of course they got, you yeah. know, and, 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 and better safe than sorry, you know, but yeah. if, if you're fishing with a resort, you know, everybody's bringing coveralls and all yeah. this good, you know what? Have a good jacket, have a hat, have some mittens and, uh, you know, a nice pair of boots. But you know what? You, you are. You're going from heated comfort into heated comfort into heated comfort. Yeah. You know, then we come off the, we come off the ice and what happens then? <laughs> Alex cleans our fish. <laughs> yeah. We go to happy hour <laughs> yeah. and, and the darn resort bar. cooks them up for us. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. Every day. resort has their famous batter yep. and every resort has their famous tartar sauce. I'll tell you what. Riverbend's known for a good batter and a good tartar sauce. Oh, man, guys, that fish is delicious. Why. Absolutely. And I, you know, the first time I came up here ice fishing, uh, I did the same thing. I, sh- I showed up to get in the bomber, and I had the heaviest deer hunting clothes I owned on. And I was, like, walking around, like, you know, the Michelin man or whatever. And all the guys that have been doing it for years just looked at me and shook their head and started laughing, like, you're going to be overdressed. And I was. And and uh, so now I don't even wear my fishing bibs or anything when I go out there. And it's, it's, uh, it's very comfortable. And uh, it's easy to do. And then when we were coming in, it was real windy. Our, our second day out here, it was it was cold. It was snowy. It was windy. I was glad I was in a in a heated vehicle and in a heated house. But I did see two pop up portables on the way in, and Dan and I are like, "You guys are nuts. You guys are absolutely crazy." And we were going on a we were going out on a resort road, and I wanted to ask you this: like one of those 
portables, a guy was just parked on the side of that road and then had just, you know, gone 30 yards into the snow and put his portable up. Is that, is that, is there a policy about that? I mean, are people supposed to park on those roads? Do they work out a deal with the resort? Is that, how does that work? So typically the, the road access is, is governed by the resorts and they do most of the maintenance with the help of a lot of other resorts that are also operating on, operating on that road. So if you paid that road pass, the only thing is, is some of the etiquette is, is uh, uh, and Joe just put this out, was some of the top 10 things not to do when you're out ice fishing. One of those is, is don't drill on the road. Don't yeah. set your fish house up on those roads. Don't drill your holes on that road. It may seem like the easy thing to do, but it's the wrong thing to do. And what happens is, is that that'll flood and you're driving through water and it's just, it's a mess. So yeah, parking on the side of the road, um, you know, watching for plows, obviously parking off to the side, not in the middle of the road and walking off the beaten path for a little bit is a great way to get out and access if you do want to get out there and hardcore rough it. Can you pay, can you pay them to plow a little bit in off the road? Yep. Most of the roads, uh, most of the roads, uh, the resorts that operate roads will, with that road pass, will, will punch some spots. And they, a lot of times they'll have them pre-punched out so people can pull right off the main road into side chutes that have been plowed off. Um, you know, everybody's out there running a road system off those different main roads. So, Well, I appreciate you having us and hosting us up here once again. We always have a great time here. We're excited to come back in April. Can we talk about any of this yet? We're going to have a big party here. Can we talk about it? Well, uh, we want to have a big party here in April. Is that cool? We're just, we're, hey, how about this, Paul? We're <laughs> coming here in April and having a big party, whether you like it or not. Awesome. Because this this is a show 493, Dan? 493. 493. You got yep. the broken microphone, yeah, I think, now. Absolutely. 493. So our 500th show. So this is a weekly show. So this is uh, going on about almost 10 years that we've been doing this show. And uh, we're going to celebrate the big 500 here at Riverbend in April. And April, you know, is a magic time up here on Lake of the Woods, the Rainy River. There's spring is coming to life is rehappening again. Everything's coming out of a, a deep sleep, winter sleep. So, yeah, it should be a fun time. Big walleye. We're honored. We'll be honored to, to have you guys. Big walleyes, sturgeon, the Rainy River. The, if you haven't done the Rainy River in the spring, you guys have to come up here and witness it. And the fishing is unreal. Just the spectacle is amazing. And, I mean, do you need another excuse going to Lake of the Woods? Let's be honest. Yeah, just come to our party. Yeah, come I'm to the party. Years <laughs> yeah, we'll have all the details uh, on the show and on our website, social media, all that good stuff. But we'll be back up here in April. So, uh, Paul, thank you very much. Alex, thank you very much. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week at this time in this station. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. If you want to have success fishing in Minnesota, you have to go where the fish are. And there may be no lake with more fish in it than Lake of the Woods. Not just big numbers of walleye, sauger, perch, eel pout, pike, muskie, bass, and sturgeon, but numbers of big fish too. Between the Rainy River, the main lake, and the Northwest Angle, you have over 50 resorts to choose from. Guided fishing allows for heated transportation to heated fish houses. Learn how to book a trip now at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com.